Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Logaman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. Welcome into the Doug Peterson Show presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logaman, no Doug Peterson this week. Training camp is raging. It's the night before the game. We've got plenty of Doug Peterson on this show, though, from a couple of different availabilities this week as he prepares for preseason week one. The Jaguars' second game, of course. The Jags lost to the Raiders in the Hall of Fame game last Thursday. And now it's back home for two weeks in a row to face the Browns this week. The Steelers next. They'll wrap up the preseason with the Atlanta Falcons after a couple of practices up there. Uh, Logs, good afternoon. And, and here we are about to open TIAA Bank Field. And the starters will play a little bit tomorrow. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about seeing a bunch of different guys, you know, from uh, Trevor Lawrence and then his band of new weapons that he's got. Travis Etienne, can he provide that lightning bolt in the backfield that will complement James Robinson's skill set once they all get back out on the field together? Defensively, will this improved linebacking core show its dominance? Will they take the next step, so to speak, in the back end of the secondary with a young group? Can they stop the run? They didn't do a very uh, good job against the Raiders. No. And offensively, can they run the ball? You know, the, they didn't run the ball very well against the Raiders. So there's a lot of a lot of things to see, and I'm glad that the starters are playing because I'm a believer in that you, you play to get better. Doug Peterson making that announcement earlier this week. Yeah, this week, this week I'm going to let the starters play. Um, you know, get their feet wet a little bit in this football game, a couple series, um, nothing too nothing too crazy, nothing too long, but just want to get them the feel of the game and, and get them in there and uh, get them working, you know, in, in game game situations. How important is that for Trevor as far as his development in the offense to get those game reps? Well, it, for him it's important, but also for the offense, right? I mean, it's it's a new scheme, got new new faces, new people out there that he's working with and, you know, new center. So just, just you know, uh, seeing all of it put together, you know, and, and just want to have some, some crisp plays, some good execution, and, um, you know, try to score try to score a few points and, and get them out. Well, what do you think? After you hear Doug Peterson say that, you know, have some execution, score a few points, get them out, that doesn't sound like a three and out and don't go back. I think if the game circumstances warrant it, you're out there for a couple, three drives even, right? Yeah, the, uh, but, but that clip was edited. He had a little fun with the media on that answer, okay, because he was asked the question, hey, Doug, you know, have you made a determination on if the starters are going to play in that game? And he says, yep, I have. <laughs> yeah, how long? And then he's, right. he oh, right. you know, he's kind of joking with him. Yes, I have, and kind of acted like he wasn't going to share the answer, and then he and then he gave the answer. But, yeah, I, I, look, I'm – I'm excited that he, that they're playing because I think you you got to play your guys, especially when you have a lot of new, you know, new 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 staff, uh, new mechanics of the staff. You got new players, you got a young quarterback, and you get better by playing. And so I'm glad that they're playing. Now, how much do they play? You know, he said, you know, series or two. And so what that means is, how does the first series go? If the first series is six, seven, eight plays and it results in a touchdown, okay, that might be enough. And if it's a, a three and out or a four and out or a five and out, they're probably going to go back for another series. And defensively, probably something similar. 
You know, All right. if yeah. they get a couple good series of good stops, then they'll be done. But if they give up a 10-play drive that results in a touchdown, could they end up going back for another drive? They might. They might, you know. But <laughs> in a perfect world, you'd like to have the defense get a couple stops, no points, and, you know, 10 plays, you know, 11 plays, 12 plays, somewhere in there, and then get them out. And another part of that we, we heard from Doug Peterson is – yeah, some execution. Have some um, some clarity in the offense, and get in and out of the huddle properly, and and move the ball down the field. And a lot of that is the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and the communication to him in the huddle. It's his first time out in this preseason in a live game. I thought that last year, Tre- Trevor handled the offense without the flaws for a rookie exceptionally well. You know, the delay of games, the, yeah, the, sure. the false start penalties. We didn't see a lot of that. Not as much as you would normally see out of a rookie. Now, early in the season, especially down in Houston, the defensive side of the ball was total chaos and confusion. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Can't get guys in and out on field and trying to do substitutions. I almost and, forgot about that. I was you terrible. just brought it up. That's right. It was the most dis- – it, it was by far <laughs> – the most disorganized regular season game that I've ever seen out of the Jaguars, by far. And uh, they got better, but up in the booth, they're sitting there going, what, what are we doing? Special teams was, was confused, and defense was confused. and The only thing that seemed to have any semblance of being organized was offense. But anyway, I'm looking forward to a Doug Peterson coach team this year. Because I believe that Doug has had a big impact on this football team. You know, the, from the organization of things, the way that this team's prepared, the awareness, I like all of that. Well, he made it a point, obviously, when he first came in here, you got to regain the trust of the team, the players, the organization after everything that had happened. Basically, that it's not – doesn't have to be like that. This is the NFL, and this is the way that I've won in the NFL, and I've got a skin on the wall to prove it, and this is how we're organizing this thing. And it started when he walked in the door. This is the schedule, the whole offseason. This is the schedule going into training camp. It was all done. So they didn't have to worry about timing and things. Focus on your job, and that's playing yeah, football. Yeah, he's, he's got a plan. Yes. You know, good coaches have a plan. They have a way to attack things, and that's, that's exactly what you want. And I appreciate a coach that can be demanding without the the pound the desk, That's yell right. at you in your face. Uh, for me, that never worked. You know, I wanted a guy that was demanding, but look, just tell me what the expectations are, demanding type of guy. Because I'll do my best to meet the expectations or what you're wanting from me or from us as a group, and I'll help guide that group, you know, and that's – what I appreciate about Doug. When we return, Doug Peterson's philosophy of live periods in practice. It's been a topic in Jacksonville this week after this past Sunday. We're off and running. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. So it was first play. Um, he was on the sideline, tiptoeing. I didn't know we made eye contact, so you know, it wasn't cheap. But uh, you know, it's, it's good work though. Getting, getting that live work, I was I was glad that coach uh, said we on go. Um, 
And you know, me and Travis good, uh, no beef. I really didn't think I hit him that hard. It was the reaction from like Ray Sean and everything, like, yeah, I was like, I hit him like that? It was like, yeah, you hit him like that. So, um, and I saw it on film, it was, it was decent. I didn't feel too bad though. <laughs> That's Andre Sisko, Jaguars safety. The, earlier this week after a Sunday live period or two practice. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logan. We'll hear plenty from head coach Doug Peterson coming up. Yeah, so the Jags played Thursday, off Friday, Saturday, back at it Sunday in full pads, and apparently a few live tackling periods, at least two of them. And it started with... The guy you just heard, Andre Sisco, hitting Travis Etienne Jr., a hard hit on the first play of that team period. And it was we, – we heard that, I think, all the way in, in the Charlotte airport as we were delayed three times, that, how hard a hit that was. And you saw it on Delayed film, three Lons. times, huh? Yeah, that's part of it. Fun stuff. At least we got home. Um, so what about on tape? What did it look like to you? Uh, it looked like Sisco actually backed off a little bit. <laughs> and – he could have made it real bad. And Travis Etienne needs to have a little awareness. Hey, look, you know, it's live. And uh, protect yourself a little bit. Step out of bounds and you don't take that hit. And that's something that he's got to learn uh, at the National Football League level. you gotta, you got to take care of your body and know, and know when to take a hit and when not to take a hit. And when you're on the boundary, that is not the time to take a hit, especially in practice. Get out of bounds. And Etienne took another hit from uh, Trey Herndon, and that wasn't very good either. But he said, you know, he wanted to take the hits. And look, I thought the whole idea of playing running back was to try not to get hit. To avoid people and outrun them. And I, You know, it's been a while since I played the position, going all the way back to my time with the, uh, with the Braves and the Lions back in Little League and Lower Loud and Little League football. But... <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't change, JP. You're not you're you're trying not to get hit, but he got whacked. Yeah, he's not exactly Brandon Jacobs. Last I checked, either two hundred and eighty pounds or Derrick Henry or any of those guys, right? I mean, well, he's Travis Etienne. Yeah, Etienne's not small. Yeah, but he's not like well, he you know Mike Allstott. two fifteen. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and he's compact. I mean, he's look, he he's uh, in in fact. It was interesting in that Trevor was asked the question about, you know, were you concerned with Travis taking a hit? And, and he said that, look, I've been around Travis for many years at Clemson. Yeah. He goes, I never, I never saw Travis get hurt. He said, so I'm used to him bouncing back up and getting back in the huddle and getting ready to play again. He goes, so – because what I saw last year with his foot injury, he goes, "That's I never saw him hurt. That was the first time." So I mean, it's good to see, and it's and it's good to see that he's you know excited about taking a hit, and he's not bashful. It's it's good stuff. He's going to be a good football player. Yes, I believe so too. Let's hear from Doug Peterson on that philosophy of those live periods. There aren't many in training camp, but they're important to him. It's just the way the schedule and the way I set training camp up. I mean, you know, we follow the plan. We follow the schedule. Um, it's just the way it is. We'll, we'll, next week will be the same thing. We have a couple hard, long practices next week as well. You know, because we don't have pads on that much. And, and I want to make sure that we maximize those days and we're getting the most out of it. And, you know, um, again, the guys, are, the guys are doing an excellent job. Those two practices were, were great. We got good work in. 
Um, not perfect, you know, we make the corrections, but, but it was good. There you have it. That makes sense, right? You only get a limited number of padded practices and, uh, you know, what, three games with the starters in there. You didn't play the starter as much, at least. Well, on offense, the defensive guys, well, some of you, those guys you, are out there. But you only have limited time. You say three games with the starters, that may not even be no, – It might be two. It might be two. Yeah. You know, you're right. Uh, a lot of coaches are choosing to play the starters uh, only in one. And, I, I, I mean, I think there's – but Belichick doesn't play them, I don't think, at all anymore. It's, it's interesting how there's so many different – I guess you could say formulas that coaches have for preparing for the opener now. And uh, going back to when, you know, the older days when you had four preseason games, I mean, there was always kind of a typical way to get ready for the season. You know, the first preseason game you played a series, maybe two. Second preseason game you would play maybe close to the half. The third was always kind of the big dress rehearsal. So you would play the first half and then go in at halftime and come back out and play a series in the second half just to get used to the halftime. And then the fourth preseason game, you might play a series or two and then you were out. You know, that was kind of the mindset for many years. And then with salary cap and money and smart people, okay, that stuff changed dramatically and preseason's been cut down and it's I think more the way that it should have been a long time ago, the collectively bargained allowable practices, the amount of time that the players are allowed to be in the building during training camp is all of that stuff is very well documented in, in the rule book and you have to abide by that or you get fined or lose draft picks and nobody wants to lose money. So it's, so Doug is smart, and when he talks about maximizing the days and pads, I think that's critically important because if you don't, you've lost an opportunity to get better with a young football team and a football team that has a lot of new components. The only way to, to get better truly at football is to play football, right? Not push people around in underwear. Well, there's a, there's a point of diminishing returns, you know, it's, it, if you did, did you ever take an economics class at Alabama? <laughs> I can't remember. Did they even offer an economics class? I, I at might Alabama? have gone, but I don't remember that either. <laughs> it's, it's it's called the point of diminishing returns. It's like, for example, when you go to an ice cream shop, you know, and you get one scoop. Man, that scoop is awesome. You know, it, it's yeah. the curve is going. It's shooting high. It's yes. steep, right? We're, we're we're going to the top. Okay, yeah. the second one is like you know. Starting to get well, it's still you know, good though. It's still, it's good. still good, right? Returns still. Not as good as the first one. It's starting to get heavy, but okay. okay the third one. Third one. Ooh. Uh, might pay for okay. this. Okay. So now your cur- your curve is starting to instead of be vertical, it's starting to flatten out a little yeah. bit. That's that's the point of diminishing returns. And so padded practices are very similar in that you get you gain great benefit with the early ones, and you still gain benefit. From more, but then when you start to be, what's a, I don't know, Coughlin-esque. <laughs> oh, <no>, really? <laughs> fresh on your mind, Two days. Huh? Well, I joked around with him in Canada about it, as a matter of fact. Wait a minute. I think I heard this conversation. <laughs> the body starts to get worn down. The psyche starts to get worn down. Players become hardened, which can be a good thing. But uh, you don't get as much benefit. So Doug is taking advantage of it. But, yeah, by the way, I, 
I did I did joke around with Coughlin uh, a little bit at Tony's induction stuff there, and I I told him I said uh, I said you know what I remember about last time we were here at Canton Tom. He said, what's that? I said, I felt like my shoes, my cleats were about five pounds apiece. He said, what do you mean? I said, don't you remember we had a full padded practice in <laughs> Stevens Point before we got on the plane to come to Canton? I said, I will never forget when I watched the game film. I said, that's the worst game film I ever had, Tom. I said, I couldn't move. You'd worn us out. What do you say? What are you talking about? <laughs> of course. Uh, he's great. Uh, <clears throat> it was great to see him, by the way. Yes. And uh, I look forward to the, to the day that he goes into Hall of Fame. Let's come back in a moment. Uh, there are social media questions to be answered, Logs, and plenty of submissions today. All right. We will get to that when we return. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show is presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, the Browns-Jaguars game tomorrow night is brought to you by Coke Florida. And this portion of the Doug Peterson Show is powered by Microsoft. And usually where we'll get some social media questions for head coach Doug Peterson. Jeff Lagerman, are you ready to answer some social questions? I'm ready. We put the bat signal out earlier today. The bat signal? Here's the best we came up with. Or is it with. the cat signal? I see where you're going with that. Thank you. That makes a lot more sense, in fact. Question number one on social media today from at Keith Shue. Will the Jaguars have a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard running back this season? I think they'll have a 1,000-yard receiver, and I think that'll be Christian Kirk. I think he's going to get a ton of completions uh, his way. I don't think they're going to have a 1,000-yard running back, and it's not because – the performance is not going to be there, but I think the amount of time that's going to get shared between James Robinson and a Travis Etienne, I think they'll be both close to that, you know, that 750 to 800 yards apiece with Travis Etienne having a lot of yardage in the receiving category. But I, I if I had to say, I don't think that they will get a thousand yard rusher just because of the way the carries are divided up. I know they've just added one game to the schedule starting uh, this past season, but is it still that big of a deal to have a 1,000-yard threshold? Um, I mean, it's not anymore. I mean, it's, it's and especially the way the game has changed because, uh, I, I mean, heck, if you, if you look at uh, the receiver with the Minnesota Vikings, young player from LSU, great player, um, he's talking about hitting 2,000 yeah, yards, right. yeah. which, which is – reachable mm-hmm. uh, Jefferson Jefferson thank you yep. he's talking about hitting 2,000 yards this year he has openly talked about that yeah, well. so if that's the case which the 2,000 yards receiving has never been done it's just been close like that close I mean real close but could a Cooper Cup you know hit 2,000 he might but if the elbow of Matt Stafford doesn't get any better in a hurry (laughs) he's not hitting it either that's true uh question number two off social media today on Twitter what do you got this is at John C 300 do you think J-Rob will be ready to go for week one in Washington if not how do you feel about Snoop Connor's ability to fill the role J-Rob has in the Jags offense now of course 
There's James Robinson. There's Travis Etienne Jr. There's Snoop Connor, the draft pick. Raquel Armstead is around. Those are the, the big four names. And there's some other guys still on the roster. Makai Sargent. Matt Colburn is on the roster right now. Those are your running backs. Well, yeah, but that's not the question. The question is, will J-Rob be ready for the commanders? Uh, well, th- let's start with that one. Okay. I think that's a – if he does, I mean, wow. What, a, what an amazing job of getting back from an Achilles injury that he missed the last two games of the season from. Could he be back? He could be. I kind of predicted that – October, end of October, first part of November. But, man, he's, he has gotten so much better in the short amount of time that he's been at practice. I don't think it's too far out of reach to be ready for opening weekend. So, I don't know. I think that's a that's, – I know it's not a great answer. If I had to predict, I would say no just because I want to give him plenty of time. That's just me speaking here. Right. Well, I want him to have plenty of time to be back 100%. If there's any question at all, then you hold him back, right? Yes. You, yes. you PUP him or whatever you do. No, right? well, you don't have to PUP him. You can just inactivate him. Right, okay. You know, because typically you go into the opening week not having a lot of injured <clears throat> guys where you have those tough decisions. So you could just say, hey, look, you know, we're going to – you know, just have him inactive for a week or two, you know. And, and But I don't know. I mean, look, uh, the way they're starting to increase his snaps and his particip- participation, it makes me think that they're looking for him to be ready week one. I mean, because now you're starting to insert sure. him into team drills, right? Yeah, a little bit. So Very little, but yes. Yeah, he could be out there. And what do I think of Snoop Connor? If uh, all of a sudden J-Rob is not ready, I can tell you that I got to see more. You know, the numbers weren't great from the preseason Hall of Fame game last week in Canton for, for Snoop Connor. He's a one-cut downhill guy. Uh, I want to see if he can get a crease and then get that big body moving downhill. And I know you mentioned Rock Armstead. Rock Armstead's got to make some people miss before he gets going, and he's not doing that yet. Question number three off social media, Twitter. At CF Zellers 4, what is your Jaguars division record wins and losses when it's all said and done? And how do you see those matchups playing out? Well, Logs, we know that the Jags always get the Colts number here in Jacksonville. So that's one. What else? So what we, what we got a, you know, in a perfect world, it'd be what? 6-0. and 6-0, right? Because you got three opponents, you know, mm-hmm. uh, two games with each opponent. 6 0 being the best, 0 and 6 being the worst. I mean, just, I'm just giving you the range you took of took economics classes no, so I know, you're I just, in Virginia. I'm just giving you no? the numbers. Well, a lot of people don't realize what the numbers I'm are. I'm just telling you. I, I've been 500. Look, I, I'm looking for this team to take take a step. Who are they beating? I think, I think they beat everybody. Well, okay, once. They're going to beat each team once. Well, yeah, I mean, that's okay. Three that's, and three. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Nothing. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm obviously, to... obviously, Tennessee being the toughest to beat because they're the best team. It's been a while since they've won up there, so you're counting on them to win the game here. Texans have uh, kind of are in the same boat as the Jaguars. They they're problems. trying to rebuild a franchise. Well, look, they they don't look. We thought they had problems I, last year. I know. We showed them, didn't we? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We really, <laughs> we really took that dumpster fire of a football team to task, didn't we? Yes, we did. Woo. <laughs> So, I, look, uh, then they've got a young quarterback who played very well last year, and nobody wants to give any respect to the Texans. And 
you know, you just watch out. I mean, they'll they'll sneak up on you. The uh, Indianapolis Colts oh, got a, a Matt Ryan, which you know I've I never thought he was a big time franchise guy, and this is just a, a, a temporary guy till they f- can find a long term solution at that position. But that's a that's a team that's got a that's got some talent. How will Shaquille Leonard, is that what he's going by? Yeah, he changed by? his name, right? Darius Leonard changed it to something else. It's Shaquille. I, I think it's Shaquille uh, Le- yeah. Leonard. So he had back surgery. He's out. That was a huge – that's a huge cog to their defense. I mean, he's an all-pro guy. But the Colts are going to be pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think 500. Let's get one more in for the break. Social media question. Powered by Microsoft from at Tommy Boy in Florida – or NFLA kicking game. Where do we stand? I, I think. Uh, let me. Let me. There's a lot of areas. Of the, I mean, you got the four core special teams: kickoff, kickoff coverage, or kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, and then the field goal game, etc. Your punter's outstanding. I mean, Logan Cook was the MVP of the Hall of Fame game for the Jaguars. Awesome. His punts were like midseason form, all pro level. Ross Matisic, the long snapper, solid, good, good snapper. Jamal Agnew, we know what he can do. He didn't play, but yes, he didn't play, we did. but we feel good we, about him, right? <laughs> He's proven it. Yes. Um, had the hip injury last year, missed six games. Is he going to be back from that? It looks like he's on his way. Yes, it does. The kicking game is a huge question. Huge question. What will the kicker situation be? You got two guys battling it out, but the reality is there's more than two battling it out. What do you mean by that? Jaguars will be looking around the league and scouring the waiver wire for every kicker that's available. So even though these two guys may feel like they're competing against one another in camp, they're competing against any other kicker that becomes available. That's a fact. That's the reality. So. That's going to be something to watch closely because the kicker for this team may not be on the roster yet. And I'm sure there's a team or two or three somewhere in the league, pick a number, that has multiple kickers that can kick in the NFL. And they'd have to cut one at the end. Yes. So that might be a waiver wire at the end. Could be. Could be. Or could be a trade. You know, if, if a team has two kickers and they know it and this team is, you know, 50% on field goal percentage in the preseason with both their guys, then yeah. look, you, you may have to give up a resource, which is a draft pick or a player or whatever. Or one of these guys could step up and start making all their kicks. I'm all for it. And be great on directional kickoffs I'm and all, whatever, I'm, all I'm the all, above. I'm all for it. And that's that'd be great too. But the one thing that I'm feeling really good about I can't wait. Is the is the coverage teams. Really? And the reason I say that is that typically your faster, smaller guys are the core of your special teams. You know, your your fast linebackers, your safeties, your backup corners. And there's some guys that I'm extremely excited about. Rudy Ford is is a Pro Bowl caliber special teams player. And he was awesome in the Hall of Fame game. Andrew, uh, excuse me, Daniel Thomas is a guy that I think is awesome on special teams. Highly productive. He's got speed. We know about Winger. Winger is, is last year was a starter. He's not going to be a starter this year. Now he's going to go back and contribute on special teams, and he is a really good special teams player. And you've got some speed with the with some of the corners, some of these backup corners. So 
Uh, I'm excited about the coverage units of the special teams. Now, there's some linebackers that got to step up. And when I say linebackers, that's a big question mark because I don't know about the depth there. Thank you for the submissions on social media with your questions. We're back with plenty more ahead. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. I've seen someone that's kind of growing into a leadership role, someone who's really developing his, his craft, honing his skill. He's playing with confidence. Um, and those are all things that we need to continue to, to, to nurture in him. He's a young player. Uh, he's had a really good camp. Um, you know, it was really good to see in the, in the Raider game. You know, he got nicked up there early in the game and, and then wanted to go back. And um, so confidently, you know, put him back in a football game where he, he can kind of work through that. And those are the things you're starting to see with him and how he's developing himself and, and, and turning into a leader on that defense. That's head coach Doug Peterson on Jaguars second-year cornerback Tyson Campbell. And welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show. Presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Well, this is at least a big-name secondary, right? I mean, you've got... Shaq Griffin, big free agent contract entering last season. Darius Williams, free agent coming in this year after a okay, Super Bowl well, win. Let me just uh, make a comment on each one you're talking about real okay. quick. Okay, because we started with Shaq. Yeah. Okay, needs to improve, needs to catch the ball. Sure. Okay, needs to be able to make plays on the ball. If, okay. if you want to be who we wanted to see – that next who step we is thought needed. We, they are who yeah, we thought they were. I was going to use that right. kind of term. And then <laughs> Darius Williams, we haven't, haven't seen, seen yet. No. So uh, don't really know much about him. And then with the two young players, Tyson and Cisco, you're, you're excited about them because you're seeing some things. You know, when you start to see evidence with your own eyes, you know, we the old, the old eye test, okay, and, and they're passing the eye test, then that's where you want to be. Shaq, Shaq, Shaq still got. I mean, he's. I like Shaq. I like his leadership. I like his energy, but he's 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 got to take that next step. We'll see what happens. And then, of course, the safeties that brought in Rayshon Jenkins entering last season, and you know had the the ankle issue, the well, broken and, ankle. And Rayshon's a guy that's got to take a step too now because Rayshon, if you remember last year, he hurt the defense on a couple of occasions with the personal fouls. And did he get kicked out of a game? Yes, he did, yeah. and that's not where or what you're expecting out of your veteran leader at the safety position. So that that part needs to calm down, and you need to continue to make make sure that you're on a, on a more even keel back there. This team had what seven interceptions last year? It wasn't many. Nine, I mean, look, I look, nine, th- nine total takeaways, I believe, for the You were team. minus 20 in turnover differential as Oof. a team, which Oof. was, I believe, was, uh, yeah, it was dead last in the National Football League. Yeah, I wouldn't, have, wouldn't even it, have to look. It wasn't like the offense turned the ball over a crazy amount. I mean, what did, what did Trevor have? Interception. 14? Yeah, in the teens, I think. Uh, 12. 12 oh, interceptions. Oh, in the teens. Yeah, so, I mean, well, that's not that yeah, bad. Right. Okay. So it wasn't as if the offense just, uh, you know, was turning the ball over all over the place and the defense couldn't get enough to keep up. The defense was just 
Wasn't very good at taking the ball away. Fact. Got to catch the football. And part of making that jump this year, you know, you've got to have Cisco, a guy like that that has ball skills on the field. He's got to make plays. And then when Shaq's given the opportunity, he's got his hands on the ball. He had about four of them last he year. He admitted it, too. That yeah. he could have caught. Was that week one he had one, a pick six? Got to make those. It. Got to make those. Yeah. Let's come back. Uh, we'll get into the front seven on defense when we return. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. You know, on paper, we've got we've got the depth that we wanted, the depth that we need. Um, you know, and that's another thing because you're not game planning right now, so you're not game planning run schemes and run fits and formations and all that kind of stuff. You're just lining up and playing. But at the same time, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, we got that's something we'll have to figure out. You know, we got to get better at stopping the run. Obviously, they they being the Raiders rush for almost 160 yards on us and. You know, that kind of stuff can't happen, you know, but we've got to flip it, right? We've got to be the team that runs, rushes for 160 and, you know, but again, that comes with time and, and development. These guys are learning new techniques and playing together for the first time. And, um, you know, it just, it just takes a little bit of time. Head coach Doug Peterson on the defensive front seven and welcome back to the Doug Peterson show presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. And yes, the Raiders ran for 159 yards and yes, there were some what the team hopes to be major contributors in that front seven that did not play in that game, but most of them are expected to play tomorrow night against the Browns. A lot of people might want to overreact after one preseason game just because. You think? The, 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 well, I mean, look, <laughs> right. look the, the, the organization hasn't had a lot of success lately, and so people, their first reaction is, oh, here we go again. Same team, right? And Doug Peterson got it right when he said that it takes time. And it, when he means by it takes time, it doesn't mean that, well, you know, it's going to take a couple of years. That's not what he means by that. And that it's going to take time to get the foundational principles of your defense established. And then once you get the game plan, okay, then you can start judging on whether something is working or not. And so when they start game planning, when they start keeping score, and that's at Washington in week one, okay, then – then the test or the evaluations will be coming, and they're all due. I mean, that's what, the way, what, it, what it's about. So I'm with him, and I understand that they've got some things to do to get better, and it's a new scheme. It's new coaches. you got a, new, a lot of new players. And offensively, it will take a little bit more time than, than defensively. That's just – that's natural. Timing execution is always something that comes – a little bit later with an offense compared to a defense, where a defense, a lot of your components are plug-and-play. It's reactional. It's athletic players. It's not so much, well, you know, the mic and the defensive tackle need to have the right timing on the stunt. Well, they do somewhat, but you can plug-and-play different guys without having to have this working relationship like you need to have between a quarterback and a slot-wide receiver or a quarterback – and his outside wide receiver or an offensive line group that's playing together that needs to to have that kind of sixth sense of where his teammate is. I mean, those things take time. Logs, we'll come back in a moment and review Hall of Fame week. 
We have not touched on that yeah, in this program we tonight. Talk a little bit about that. That was a good. That was a good week. What a week it was. Uh, we'll review that when we come back. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. And welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. We've heard plenty from Doug Peterson and his media availabilities this week. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Brent Reber, Joe Fortunato. Glad you're along with us on the Jaguars Radio Network and on Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Jeff Lagerman subscribes to all of the above. Yeah. We were both in Canton, Ohio last week for the Hall of Fame game. First off, we had our pregame, postgame, and, of course, the game broadcast from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. But we were fortunate enough, Logs, to be able to stick around for the events of Tony Baselli's enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and people have asked uh, the last couple of days since we've been back, you know, what was it like? How was it? And I've, I've told to a person, I think it's the – most incredible sporting experience I've been involved in in my life. Yeah, was. and I've been through a lot of cool places, great games, and but to be in that environment, an intimate environment, in the grand scheme of things, with your friend and colleague going into the Hall of Fame and the people who are around it, I, I, for me, nothing tops it. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. And uh, first of all, great job by Tony, and uh, how thankful, how humble. He was, and this whole process was amazing. And uh, he, I think he handled himself like a total pro. And I think that was the most joy that I've ever gotten out of watching, you know, a teammate do something. And and I was very proud of him. Very proud of him. Happy for his family. It was so fun just to spend time with a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while, or you don't see very often. You know, old old uh, employees of the Jaguars that you haven't seen in a long time, like Dave Ochter. Uh Dan Edwards was there. Absolutely. Tom Coughlin, former coaches Kevin Gilbride, Chris Palmer, Dom Capers, and having a chance to visit with all of them. And they took time out of their busy schedule to come and, and to see Tony. Talking to John Robinson, I know you had the same experience. Absolutely. I had about 15 minutes with uh, he and his wife before the Friday night gold jacket dinner. And it was fantastic. I mean, just sitting there hearing his stories about and, Tony. And, and he's getting up there now, he's but up. he's still with it. Absolutely. And, yeah. It was fantastic. What a legend. Former teammates that uh, were there, Rich Tilski, uh, Jeff Novak, which two guys from the early days. Uh, Mark Brunell, obviously, yeah. was the presenter. I sat next to Smingy during the pr- the uh, Joel Smingy. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see Joel. And uh, I was like, I finally get to meet Joel Smingy. I've heard about him for ten years, and I've never met him. Yeah, and and, and of course, seeing their wives, you know, Joel's wife Donnell and and Jeff Novak's wife Kim, uh, Stacy Brunell, um, seeing all of the Baselli clan. Tony's mom talked with her a bunch. Uh, before the the enshrinement and also at the party. The party was an absolute ball that the Jaguars put on, and I got to say, it was first class. Absolutely. Totally first class. And I'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. But the first night I was there, me and Tara traveled, obviously, because she wanted to to be able to be a part of it, and it was I was excited. We kind of made a little bit of a trip out of it. First night we go to a really nice restaurant that happened to be in Canton, and we were – 
given some great guidance by some friends of ours, and they said, you got to go to Bender's. So we go to Bender's. Bender's has been there literally for 110 years. Same name, same building, same place. It's a, a steak-slash-seafood kind of place. Yeah. We go there, and we have great dinner. And after dinner, I said, I know that guy. It's John Randall. So I go over and introduce myself to John. You know, we played same time. And uh, and and funny because I said, hey, John, Jeff Lobby. He says, I know who you are. He goes, you had that chop swim. I used to watch that move. <laughs> but, I mean, that it's amazing that, you know, he remembers your game and your moves. And then we got talking about other things. And, and then Tony, and he shared something that I thought was pretty cool. He said, look. Because I told him that Tony said that he was by far one of the hardest guys that he ever went, went against was him and Mike McCrary. And he said, you know, he goes, I always wanted to go against Tony because I knew that Bruce didn't fare so well. And he goes, so, so, wow. so I mean, just like a, a defensive lineman, a competitive person, he wants to show that he can do better than Bruce. Bruce Smith, right? Yeah. And, uh, and Tony will tell you, John Randall gave him fits. But, I, you know, talking to him was cool. Warren Moon was there, talked briefly with him. And then uh, the great uh, Raiders wide receiver Fred Blitnikoff visited with him for 10, 15 minutes outside the restaurant. And and it was cool, man, just talking to guys like that. I know you had an experience with a lot of Hall of Famers. Towards the end of the party Saturday night. Which, by the way, I was long in bed already. And (laughs) JP was uh, was, (laughs) was a survivor. Well, I mean – you know, I just had to make sure everybody else got home safe. Yeah, you were just okay? there for I was just there purposes. for support. You know, I'm just trying to help others out. That's what I do. I help people. So other Hall of Famers go to these other parties, and then some end up at the Baselli party at the end. So Fanico shows up. Got to spend a little time with All-time him. All-time great Pittsburgh Steeler. Guard. Marcus Allen walks in the place. Mm-hmm. A couple other of the off, older offensive lineman guys came in, all with the jackets on. And Kurt Warner was there earlier was in the night. So it was really, really neat. That's why I say it's the best experience I've had because it's so intimate and you're interacting with these mm-hmm. folks, and they're excited for Tony, and obviously we are too. So yeah. what a weekend. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And, and I got to say, the speeches that were given – by all the inductees, I, I want to talk about that when we get a chance because uh, I was impressed. Let's come back. We'll touch on that and a final preview of tomorrow night's preseason matchup. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, our final thoughts on Hall of Fame weekend. You were mentioning the speeches. Yeah, the speeches. First of all, I thought Leroy Butler was just fun and relaxed, the speech that he gave. Uh, Bryant Young was just, I mean, you talk about touching your heart about how he he lost a a child and how that impacted his life. Sam Mills and the family of Sam Mills, what a tremendous job. And Dick Vermeil got a little long-winded for me, but uh, and Tony did an exceptional job of uh, recognizing a lot of the people that contributed to his path to the Hall of Fame. Art McNally, the first official to go in, he had a recorded speech at the end. He said, a heavy dose of common sense. <laughs> 
And his was I so short and sweet. So like an official but it was, likely would. But it was perfect. Absolutely. It was absolutely perfect. And he's still alive. Yes. He just couldn't travel. I guess some uh, Ill, Ill health, et cetera. But awesome, awesome experience. One minute to go. So the Jaguars host the Cleveland Browns tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We're on the air on the network at 6 o'clock with Countdown to Kickoff. Charles Davis will be one of our guests tomorrow. How about the game starters are going to go, Logs? You fired up? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to let the Deshaun Watson distraction take away from what we're ultimately wanting to see, and that's the starters play a lot of new components to start to gel and to see this team have some, some, some success. Now, when I say success, there's different categories of success. I'm not talking about just the scoreboard. Thanks to Joe Fortunato, Brent Reaver, David Cho pushing the buttons tonight back in the studio. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll see you at the bank tomorrow night. The Jags and the Browns coming up. This has been the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.